And uh, so I want to <clears throat> I want to talk today and, and and maybe for a couple of days weeks about the authority of believers, the authority of believers. And uh, the objective for this series is for us to really understand um, what our authority is and, and how to walk in it. Um, I think it's a key component to the Christian walk that um, I find is missing. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. But taking a page from my wife's book, I thought I'd start out with a joke today. So I found us a little joke about authority. Yeah, can you imagine there are jokes about authority? Actually, quite a few. Anyway, so basically it goes like this. Um, one day this wildlife and fisheries officer goes to a property and tells the old farmer, look, uh, I need to inspect your property because um, there's been a complaint that you have some illegal hunting going on. So the farmer says, okay, inspect whatever you want, but do not go into that camp over there. And he points to a certain area. So the officer flips out his badge and says, listen, old man, this badge gives me authority to inspect everything I want, go wherever I want, and enter into every area of your property. Are we clear? The farmer says, very politely, apologizes, go back to what he's doing. A few minutes later, he hears a death scream and he sees the officer running for his life, pursued by the biggest bull on the farm. So the farmer drops his tools, he runs to the fence and he screams, the badge, show him the badge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's how not to use authority. <laughs> I thought, I, I couldn't wait to tell that joke to you guys. I knew it was going to be a winner. I, I, was, oh, I laughed so hard when I read that joke. The badge, show him the badge. Okay, back to, back to why we're here. <laughs> I'll start with a, an est a statement. Today's sermon title is just on whose authority. On whose authority? Um, so I'll start by making this statement about this whole concept about the authority of believers. Every believer is given authority to partner with the Holy Spirit to make tangible the victory that Christ accomplished through his death and resurrection so that the image and glory of God will fill the earth. I think this is a very important definition, statement, declaration, whatever you want to call it, um, that, that I would like each and every one of you to kind of take to heart. Every believer is given authority to partner with the Holy Spirit. Very important. It's not authority in and of ourselves, for ourselves. It is authority to partner with God. There is boundaries to our authority. There is purpose to our authority. But we are given authority to make tangible the victory that Jesus won on the cross and through his resurrection for us. How many of you know that stuff needs to come out of the faith realm into where we can touch it? where we can experience it, where we can feel it. We're going through stuff in life and we're trusting God for things, but it's like it's in this invisible provision realm and, 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 and we know it's there, but it needs to become reality. It needs to become reality and that is our job is to trust God for these things to materialize, for our faith to produce heavenly products in earthly suits so that we can enjoy them, benefit from them. Each and every one of us have been given the authority to partner with the Holy Spirit to do that. For what reason? For our own benefit? For our own prosperity? No, so that the glory and the image of God can be spread over the earth. That was the original reason why God created Adam and gave him authority over earth. Was said to him, look, go and spread whatever you and I have in relationship. Go and spread that over the earth. Take dominion. But the dominion had a pattern. It wasn't just Adam does what Adam wants. 
It was Adam in such a close relationship with God, understanding the will, seeing the glory of God, and reproducing according to that. Naturally, that got messed up, um, and so man lost the authority, and then Jesus came back, and the Bible says that he came and took back the keys, representing the authority that the kingdom of darkness has to rule and run this planet from Satan, and then he said to his disciples, I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever is bound in heaven will be loosed, bound on earth, and whatever is loosed in heaven will through you be loosed on earth. That is the call on all of us to, to walk with that authority. Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 19, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. There are two words in this, in this scripture verse that talks about, about power. The one is actually authority, translated as authority. And the other one is translated as, as power. And the two different words in the Greek, one is the word dunamis. The word dunamis talks about inerrant ability. It talks about a capacity to do something. Now we know that each and every one of us have been given abilities, and so we have been given an extent of power to use for the good of God's kingdom and His glory. We know that the Holy Spirit can come on us and give us supernatural ability, which is also dunamis power that enables us to do something uh, that is inerrant. It gives us an ability. But the word authority is different from an ability. The word authority or the word exousia, which Jesus said here, I give you exousia, I give you authority to over the, over the works of the enemy, um, is not an ability, but it is a right to act. It is a legal thing. It is a right to act. It is lawful for you to do whatever you propose to do with that authority. And so naturally that authority needs to be linked to the Bible because that's you know, kind of where we understand the will of God, the one who gives us this authority. But let me, um, let me give an illustration. If someone demands they have right of entry to your home, you may ask them on whose authority do you say that? And if the authority is not legit, you can deny them entry. Even if they have the ability to come into your house, you can deny them entry based on the fact that they do not have authority to do so. Now, if somebody forces their way in illegitimately, unlawfully, then you have authority. What authority do you have? The authority to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your property, right? Now, if you protect yourself by, you know, by either you know, taking action or by calling authorities to come, you are acting within your right to take action and do something about it. And it will be considered a defense of self, loved ones, and property. So, in a sense, authority is, is also backing power. It's a, it's a reference to what stands behind me. When I say this, on whose authority? Well, on, on everything that backs up what I'm saying's authority. And so there's a difference between dunamis and authority. Satan do no longer have any authority on earth. But he still does have some power. His power is mostly in the realm of deception. And that's why we spent a whole series prior to talking about how he uses lies to capture us and to imprison us. And how we need to identify those lies 
and, uh, and refute them. And as we do that, we take away Satan's power to control us and to b uh, hold us in bondage. So that's a very, very important thing, and it's not a, it's not a small thing. He's very powerful um, in the way that he is able to deceive us, often because we do not know the Scriptures or the power of God, but also sometimes because we're just you know, in a moment of weakness because of our flesh. So the bottom line is he does still have power, but he no longer has legal right to act. In fact, Jesus took away his legal right to act, and actually the only kingdom on earth that is legally authorized to act is the kingdom of light. It's Jesus' kingdom. And that's why it's so important that we understand kingdom talk, kingdom concepts, and that's why we spent series prior to this, talking about what is the kingdom of God. It's not just religion. It's a government. It's a rulership. It's a way of operating, and it has leadership and structure. It has goals, and it has uh, appointed people to accomplish those goals. And so all of this is, this, is, is in this realm of authority. Who has the right to act? So in, uh, um, in Matthew 28, verse 18 to, to, to 20, Jesus said this to his disciples, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority. That means Jesus has all the authority. He has all the right to act. There is no other entity that lawfully is able is, is, is allowed to act anymore. So how does it manage to then accomplish so much on earth? Well, basically through agreement, our agreement. You see, humanity was created as an authority on earth. We were given dominion of planet earth and rulership of planet earth. And even in our fallen state, we are still practicing our, our design, our design calling. Unfortunately, now we're no longer practicing that calling to take dominion and to extend a kingdom, extend a way of governing, a way of doing life. We're no longer extending God's way of doing life. We're extending the kingdom of darkness's way of life. But every time a human being comes into agreement with, agreement with a demon, a, a whole lot of evil is able to take place legally on earth because a legal entity on earth is giving it the right to act through it. So Satan achieves a lot on earth through agreement of humans. Now, as I say these things, I need you to understand how important it is, therefore, to not agree with the devil on anything. Even if it seems trivial, our agreement should be fully and fully and fully with the Scriptures. So Jesus has been given all authority. And so even humans that do not agree with Jesus are acting illegitimately. They're acting unlawfully. But how do you know, how many of you know that um, unlawful people don't bother about laws? Right? So they're going to do whatever they like anyways. So there is always going to be this part of earth that is still acting in rebellion to God's will and God's authority. And because of our, our disposition as authoritative entities on earth, we still give access to the kingdom of darkness through our choices, through our lifestyles, through our sin. 
And so it's not just a small thing, sin. It does not just affect you. It actually comes into agreement with another master. It's huge. And it's dangerous. And every time you rebel, the Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Why? Because it's basically coming under a different master. Right? Rebellion. Just like, how many of you feel rebellious? Don't put your hands up now, right? Like, but just feel like, oh man, I don't want to listen to nobody right now. That's a very, very dangerous attitude of mind to start harboring because it starts moving away from what God intended and starts aligning with what Satan intends. So Jesus is the one with all the authority in heaven on earth, and he is seated at the right hand of God, which is the seat of all authority and power. So I believe believers have lost belief in their right to act. We ask questions like, is it okay to talk about God? Can I tell someone about Jesus? Is it appropriate to pray for someone in public? Can I share the gospel with a colleague? Should I pray for this or that? How do I know that God wants to heal, etc., etc.? When bad things happen, we tend to want to uh, find good meaning in it instead of rebuking the devil off of our lives and casting him down and his attempts to, to frustrate and hurt us down in, in, in rather, ex- rather than letting him destroy us and us just kind of going with it and trying to just find meaning and good purpose in it. We wait for signs telling us to do what the Bible already told us to do. I really believe believers have lost belief in their right to act. It's an authority issue. It's not a power issue. I believe because we have lost our authority, we have lost our identity. And now we cower under the fear of being misunderstood or ridiculed or even misrepresented. Or, or, or we struggle under the uncertainty and disobedience of, uh, and all this is, is rendering us actually powerless to act, you know, uh, when we are called upon to act. And so, so many times we feel like we should do things, but then we, we kind of, we, we draw back. Why do we draw back when we see something that we ought to do something about, but we but we then don't, don't do something about it. It's probably because authority issue. Do I have the authority to act here? Do I have the right to go up and say something about this? So rather than unite with a bunch of people that believe the same, we kind of retreat back into our isolated corners And the body of Christ have done this a lot, just kind of like isolated into their corner, just waiting for the coach to throw in the towel and get us out of the ring. I think this is a a huge issue in the body of Christ. We're waiting to be, um, we're waiting to be plucked away instead of standing up in our authority and taking dominion of what Jesus had already given to us. See, we can have all the power in the world, but if we don't feel like it's right to use it, we'll be overrun by even the smallest of enemy. 
So it's not an issue of power. I think we've come to terms with the fact that we have power. You know, we, we, we've, we've, we've talked about how the Holy Spirit empowers us for ministry. We've talked about just the gifts that God has given us and how we, when we serve, we release that to one another. We, we ha- understand that we are, we are unique and gifted. And, and we've even, even societally, we've, we've, we've come to really celebrate people for who they are and, and see the good in everybody. And I don't think it's a power issue, but I do think it's a right to act issue. It's an authority issue. Am I allowed? On whose authority can I go and say, hey, I want to say something or I want to do something or etc." So I believe that it's, it's necessary for us if we're going to have influence that we would have to have, have a revelation of our authority as Christians, the authority of believers. So each and every one of us have been given the right to act. You don't have to ask permission. Now, you shouldn't be a jerk either, but you can act. You can act. Let's look at the origin of our authority and how it got to us. As we'll see from Scripture, and as I share, you'll see it more, that our authority comes directly from Christ. But let's first look at Christ's authority itself. Number one, Jesus' authority was delegated. Jesus' authority was, de- was delegated to him. In John 5, 26, it says, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in him too. And, as, and he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Jesus got his authority from God. So everything Jesus came and did on earth was not because Jesus decided to do that in and of himself, Jesus came and acted on authority that was delegated to him. God gave Jesus permission to go and do everything that he had asked him to do. So Jesus was acting in delegated authority. Delegated authority. That was to show that he was 100% man because he's the son of man. He couldn't come to earth and fight this battle as God. He had to come to earth and fight this battle as a man. Submitted under God. Why? So that we could do the same. If he just came in as God. Now I know he was 100% God, 100% man. I don't refute that fact for, for the theologians. But he did not act in his Godness on earth. He acted in his humanness under authority of God with the same power of the Holy Spirit that you and I have been afforded. That's why you and I can identify with him. Because he was as us in this world, yet perfect. So the authority that he has had then was given to him by the Father in heaven. And he represented his father, and he acted on his father's behalf. He acted on his father's behalf. So many times he says, I'm not here to do my own will. I'm here to do the will of the one who sent me. I must be about my father's business. Jesus acted in full submission to the father. And because he was under authority, he, um, he didn't have to focus so much on his own power. 
because he was focusing on the authority, the backing power. Who was backing him? And that's important for us. So there was a story in, in the New Testament in Luke 7 where um, Jesus is, um, receives a, a company of Jews that was sent to him by a Roman centurion. Centurion was like a, a city leader. Um, and he sent a bunch of um, Jewish leaders to Jesus to ask Jesus to come to his house and um, to heal one of his servants that was very important to him. And so Jesus says, I will go. So they went, and as they're approaching the house, the, the, another group of messengers come out from the centurion. So the centurion never even talks to Jesus. He just does this through messages. Sends a couple of people to Jesus. Says, Look, it's, I'm not worthy for you to even come into my house. But I understand who you are. You're like me. I am a man that operates under authority. And therefore, people react to me because of who's backing me, not because of me. I say to this one, go. I say to that one, come. And they do. Because they know if they don't listen to me, they'll have the Roman emperor to deal with. Because he's the one backing me here. I'm a man under authority. And so Jesus was completely baffled by this. He's like, I have not seen in the whole of Israel a man with such faith. Now, if y'all just knew what kind of an insult that was to the Jews, you would, you, you would laugh. Because the Romans were the, Jew, the Jews' oppressors. Okay, so think of that in terms of, um, of, of political oppression. And here comes the one that claims to be our Messiah and he compliments our oppressor having more faith than any of the ones that he came to seek and save. Right? Massive insult right there. But truth. And Jesus was making a point and he drew his attention to the fact that they need to understand who he is. So the Bible says that in that hour, the servant was healed. When, when the, these guys got back, the messengers got back to the house, they're like, around about that time was when we spoke to Jesus. Yes, that's when he was healed. Jesus healed him without touching him, without even being there, without nothing. Why? Because he's a man under authority. And when he says something, it happens. Why? Because that something knows. If it doesn't respond to the man under authority, it's going to have to deal with the backing power. To get out while you still can. Sickness left the person they were healed. Jesus marveled at this kind of faith. But y'all, that is the kind of faith that all of us have. That is the kind of faith. It is a faith that is, um, is based on delegated authority. I'm going to show you how in a second. The second point here is that Jesus' word was his authority. Luke 4 verse 32 says the following of the people. They were astonished at his teaching for his word was with authority. 
But again, if you know the scriptures, you realize that Jesus only said what he heard the Father saying. Jesus had perfect authority because he was in perfect submission. The more we come under the authority of Christ, and that's why we've been teaching you all about lordship, right? Jesus did not come to be our savior. Being our savior is how he came so that he might become our Lord, our leader. The end goal was not our salvation. The end goal was the glorification of God and the recognition of God's Jesus' lordship. And every man will bow and every knee, shall con- every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess that he is what? Savior? No. Lord. Lord. So, so, so his word was his authority because he was in perfect submission. As you and I come under submission to his word, we become more aware of our authority. I don't believe our authority increases. I just believe we become more aware of it. We switch into it more. I believe you and I have the authority, the full of authority of Christ granted to us by grace. But if we don't think correctly, we will, if we don't believe in our authority that we have the right to act, we won't act. But the more we believe it and, come, and, and the more we come under, under the, the submission of God's word, the more we'll become aware of our right to act. This is, I believe, why it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's not just try to resist the devil. Why would the devil flee from you if you just listened to him a half hour ago? So again, if we, don't, if we, if we come in alignment with the enemy, <laughs> and then the next minute you want to argue with him, he's ready. <laughs> Because he's expecting some more agreement with you in a minute. So don't be mad at the enemy if he's on your case. Be mad at yourself for agreeing with him. Then repent of your wrong thinking. And then say, Lord, I'm coming under your lordship. I'm coming back to obedience. I'm coming back to alignment with your will, which is your word. Christ's authority was his word. Which was the word of God. And now... I am rebuking the devil, resisting him, and he will flee from me. But you know what? The devil is a, is a wild, wily guy. I don't know if you... He will literally go around the corner and peek around the corner and wait. Was this guy serious? <laughs> and when you're not serious, he goes like, all right, <laughs> thanks for the invitation. I'm back, baby. Let's do something wild. Parenthesis, stupid, but um, he won't admit that. We're talking about the authority of every believer. And that if we do not have a belief in our authority, which is our right to act, then our power means nothing. We won't use it because we feel it's not right to use it. Every believer has been given that authority to partner with the Holy Spirit, to make real, to make tangible the victory that Christ brought through the cross and his resurrection, for the glory of God to spread over the earth. Not for our own glory, for the glory of God to spread over the earth. Here's, here's like the, the, the big point of the day. Jesus then delegated that authority to us. He gave his authority to the church. 
That's why he calls us ambassadors. Paul talks about this. Prots about this. I'm going to switch to Afrikaans here for a second. Um, Paul talks about being ambassadors, representatives. And we know how ambassadors should act. Um, They don't live in the host nation and act out of their own will and their own perspectives. No, all they do is they just relay what the home nation tells them to tell them. This is the will of my country. My country wants this. My country won't stand for this. My country says, if y'all don't, then we won't or we will. It's never a case of, look, president, this is my opinion. No, an ambassador's opinion means nothing. But the backing power's opinion means everything. Think about your ambassadors to different nations, how much that means to you. If your ambassador goes and delays, delivers and relays a message to another nation, it's got the full backing of the authority of the United States of America. And that means something. And that's us. We're ambassadors of Christ. But so often we're like, oh, this is my opinion. No, really, our opinion isn't that powerful. It's only until your opinion actually lines up with your backing power, which is the kingdom of God's opinion, that it starts meaning anything, that it starts accomplishing anything. And so really Christians struggle often because of a lack of knowledge, because of a lack of revelation of what God's will is. And so they're trying to fight in their own strength. They're trying to find themselves. No, don't find yourself. Find Christ. You'll be safe in him. And then as you find him, you'll discover you. It's in his light that we see light. But our power only really becomes usable when we realize that we are right to use it. We have a right to use it. The full authority of heaven backs your decision to step out and pray for somebody, to step out and talk to somebody about Jesus, to minister to somebody hope and encouragement. John 17, 18, Jesus said this to his disciples, said this in prayer to God about his disciples. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them. So let's review. How did God send Jesus into the world? With authority. With authority to act on his behalf. But he did not send him with authority to act on his own ideas. To act on his behalf. We see the ultimate Moment of submission in the Garden of Gethsemane. Geth, Gethsemane. Geth, what's it? Gethsemane. Um, when Jesus is in anguish about the task that lies ahead. And his Lord, is there another way? Like really, I would really, really opt for another way right now. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours. Not my will be done, but yours. You see, if Jesus relented in that minute, he would never have gotten the authority to forgive our sins. But he stayed submitted. And because of that, all authority was given to him. And now he can grant forgiveness of sin to any and everybody that complies with his one prerequisite. And that is that they would put their faith in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. Jesus gave us authority, and the Holy Spirit gave us power. But when we lose sight of our authority, we don't use our power. 
Believers, we have the right to act. You don't have to ask permission of man to do anything that the Bible has told you to do. What makes a policeman able to walk up in front of incoming traffic and put his hand up and say, stop? Is it that all policemen are superheroes and if you don't stop, your car will fold around him, glass will be shattering, airbags will pop and it will just be a bloody mess? (laughs) No, they don't have the power to do that. Sometimes I think they wish they did. But what makes people stop? It's authority. It's knowing that that maybe even potentially, you know, small, scrawny looking guy He's backed up with so much more than what's visually presented before me right now. I ain't afraid of him. I'm afraid of that. And so I stop and I respect and I, and I, and I, and I, and I comply. <laughs> Why? Because there's backing power. There's authority backing whatever he says. Now naturally, all authority has guardrails. He has to stay within the Constitution. He has to stay. Why? Because if he moves outside of it, all you have to deal with is him. There's no more backing power. Christians, if we will just stay in our lane, if we won't try to do things our way, we'll have the full authority of heaven to speak to our circumstances. But when you're trying to do it your own way, It's just you they're dealing with. There's no more backing power. You lose your authority, your right to act. This is true for us. And if we will understand this, I think it will activate us. Even when stuff sometimes overpower us initially, authority always outlasts power. Authority is always superior to power. You might get a hit. You might get a setback. But if you stay under the authority of Jesus and you learn how to act in your authority, your authority will always make you an overcomer at the end of the day. The believer who is conscious of the divine power behind him and knows his legal rights can face the enemy or any situation without fear, hesitation, or inferiority. God wants us to become bold, strong, convicted. Think about this. Conviction changes the world. Actually, truth does not always change the world. Because many times people lack conviction about the truth. It's only when you have conviction about the truth that the world will change according to what the truth wants. But so many people with conviction had nothing to do with Christianity and the Christian worldview have changed the world for the worse. Why? Because they were convicted. They were sold out to their belief. How many of us here are sold out to our belief? Completely sold out. You can't share with me any other opinion that will make me want to do things different from what my Bible describes. Sold out. That's authority. 
You see, demons and spiritual beings are superior in power to us. And Jesus did not leave us without authority. He gave us the authority to withstand them, to cast them down without them being able to hurt us. Much is being made of spiritual authority and demons, and I know the visual uh, of Hollywood doesn't help. But let me be honest with you. You are more fearful. No, frightening. You are more frightening to them in the real spiritual realm than they are to you. Why? Backing power. You see, they see behind you the living Christ that just destroyed their leader. They see standing behind you in the spiritual world the full authority of heaven. You have the right and the authority, the legal right to act. Every believer has the same spiritual authorization that Jesus had because we have the same word. We have the same word. John 17 verse 8 says this, For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and believed them to be true, that I came from you. They believed that you sent me. If you believe the word, you receive the word, the same word that God gave Jesus to give to us. Therefore, you have the same authority. You are authorized. You're deputized. And everything eyesed that you need to go out and do some. But that's why we need to study his word, submit to his word, identify with his word. How many of you identify with the words in the Bible? It's important that you make a personal decision to identify with these words. You know, my pastor always used to make us bring Bibles to church. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this from next year on. Okay, so um, I just read some studies about, by, about um, uh, reading the Bible and, 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 and how to... How to activate um, a people in Bible reading and they say that really having a paper Bible still is the best way to activate people to study the Word of God. And this is nothing to do with, with age. This is to do with the human nature. In fact, to write something with a physical pen on paper clarifies your thought process way more than typing it on a screen or typing it on a keyboard. It's nothing to do with your age. It's about your biology. So hold up with that thought. We'll get back to it. But each of us needs to, my, my, my pastor yeah, used to have us pick up our Bibles. Say, this is my Bible. And we would say, this is my Bible. One day we'll do that. How did you know that? Come on. I can do what it says I can. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. And therefore I can face boldly. And then there were some things. I can't remember it all. We'll get that. But I need to identify with the word. I need to see me in it. It cannot be a foreign object to me. If I, if I read the words there, I need to go, yeah, that's me. It's my dad. Can't be afraid of this word. Can't feel like this word is judging me. 
If you feel like the word is judging you, you haven't stepped into the new covenant of grace yet. You might be in it, but you might not be in it. We need to declare his word over our children, our health, our finances, our future. Because we receive the same word. And it authorizes us to act on Christ's behalf. Second thing, we have the same commission. We have the same commission. Why did Jesus come? To seek and save the lost. Why did, what, what did Jesus say of his disciples? Well, he said, as you sent me, to God, I also sent them. How was he sent? He was sent to come and seek and save the lost. We're sent to come and seek and save the lost. The final commission of Jesus was to go out and make disciples of all nations. So, so back then it was just a couple of believers, right? So when Jesus said to the current believers, y'all go make disciples, did he did those believers think that he was referring to them? Y'all just help each other become better Christians? Or did he think, no, go to everybody who don't believe and help them believe? What, what, what did, what, which one did they think? Naturally, the second one, right? Go make disciples meant go preach the gospel. Go tell people about Jesus. Go serve and love people unto salvation. That's what that meant. In our modern understanding of discipleship, it's more courses, more courses, more courses. I want to get trained more. I need to train more. Now I need to help others train more, others train more. Yes, but for what purpose? Seeking and saving the lost. And guess what? You're deputized to do it. You're authorized to go and do it. You don't have to ask anybody's permission. Here's another thing. We enjoy the same love. We have the same love that motivates us. Listen to what Romans 5 says. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that he gave us. God's love was poured into Christ. God's love was poured into us. We have the same love motivating us that motivated Jesus to lay down his life. We enjoy the same sonship privileges that Christ did. Y'all, we are sons and children of God, daughters of God. We enjoy the same privileges. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God in the Holy of Holies. We're able to go into the Holy of Holies intimately with God. That veil of separation, that religion held before people that says you're not good enough until you've done all of this, that has been torn apart. And now all of us have access by His grace into His most intimate personal presence. Without performing perfectly but by coming into submission under his will, which first and foremost is that I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. No longer depend on my own abilities. My heart breaks when somebody asks me the question, you know, does this count? Will it count if I do this? Count toward what? Well, you know, I need to do all these things for God to accept me. No. You need to put your faith in Him. Identify with Him. 
and become a son. He says, to all who have believed in me, I have given the right to be called children of God. Not all who have performed to a satisfactory level, to all who have believed in me. We enjoy the sonship of Christ. Same sonship that he had. Galatians 4 verse 6 says, And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You and I can cry out to him, Abba, Dad, 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 Dad. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. Man, that, that phrase messed me up this morning. And I will sing of the goodness of God. We enjoy the same sonship privileges. We have the same glory. God, <laughs> Jesus, gave us his glory. Let, listen to John 17. Jesus speaking to God. He's, gonna, he's not going to lie to God. He says, the glory which you, have, which you gave me, I've given them. Did you realize that? Jesus shared his glory with us. The glory which you gave me, I have given him, them, that they may be one just as we are one. Y'all, we've got so much to learn about God and his kingdom. I was about 26 years old when I for the first time realized that God shared his glory with me. Up till then, I just thought that God shares his glory with no one. And when I read the context of the verse where that comes from, I realized that was about idolatry, not about sons. God will not share his glory with another to be worshipped. But he shares his glory with his sons and his daughters. He has brought us in, y'all. And because we have the same word, we have the same um, commission, we have the same love, we have the same sonship, we have the same glory, we have the same authorization that Jesus Christ had to act on God's behalf here on earth. You have authority, believer. You have the right to act. Go and use your right to act, to serve, to love, to help, to correct, to, 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 to explain, to teach. You have got the full backing of heaven. And if there is an authority that comes against you, that authority will submit. That pastor that wanted to pray on the, on the, on the football field was the, 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 the kingdom of darkness came against that man so bad. All took him out. He stood strong. He got reinstated. And he's back praying on the football field because heaven backed him up, y'all. Listen to me, we got to stop accepting that people have authority over God's word. They don't. We got to stop accepting that. Because we've forgotten our identity. We just go along with what the evil, um, have, evil um, kingdom have made people do. People make policies. So what? 
People make threats. So what? Come with your threats. Come with your policies. We'll see which authority outlasts who. Because authority outlasts power. And legitimate authority always comes up top. But you have to have conviction about that. I can't have that conviction for you. I've made it my, my decision that I am not going to adhere to human authority where it contradicts God's. But see what happens now. If we don't accept that, if we don't embrace that, what happens? Well, we step out of line with our authority, and then you do not have any power. And then you try to do something in your workplace, and then you get like smashed. We have to understand backing power. We have to understand that it is our lawful right to act on behalf of the kingdom of God. The last point here is that Jesus makes us more than conquerors. Jesus makes us more than conquerors. Romans 8.37 says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Hallelujah. God has put all things under his feet, has put all things under his feet, and therefore has put all things under your feet, your and my feet. We have the authority to go out and do what God has called us to do. You know, you and I did not have to face the cross, yet we get to live in the benefits of the cross. That's what it means to be more than a conqueror. We didn't fight the fight but we enjoy the benefits of the fight that was won. That's what it means to be more than conquerors. But here on earth, when we face things, things that come at us and say to us, look, the fight has not been fought. The victory has not been won. You're still going to go down. We have an opinion or an option. We have a choice to make. Whether we're going to believe the lie that is coming at us or whether we're going to stand on the truth that tells us it's been done already and backs us up, backs up our claim. So when your finances get out of whack, oh, where is God? What is happening? No, believer, this is an opportunity for you to act on your authority and say, finances come in line in the name of Jesus. Granted that you are in line with God's word on your finances. When health issues come your way, don't back down and say, oh, I'm just going to manage this. No, he's not going to stop taking ground. If you don't resist, he'll take more. You have to say no. I'm taking back ground. In the name of Jesus, health be restored unto me. That's what we have the right to do. Because of the scriptures, the same word that Jesus gave, God gave Jesus and he gave to us. Next week, we're going to talk about how do we use this authority to take dominion of our, of our area. I'm so excited about next week. Don't miss next week.
do everything you can. If you, can. if you have to miss it because of work, just listen to the thing afterwards. Or tune into that little group that we have and watch it while you're sitting wherever you're at. Put your earphones in if you must. I'm really excited about next week. But today I want us to, to make a declaration. Will you guys follow me in a declaration? All right, let's all stand. I'm going to say something and then I want you to say it with conviction after. I have authority to act. I am right to act on Christ's behalf. If I see someone lost, I have a right to reach out to them. I have a right to want to see them saved. If I see someone unhealthy, I have a right to act. I have a right to go pray for health. If I see someone lacking, I have the right to act. I can go and be a blessing. I can pray for restoration. If I see an injustice, I have the right to act. I can go and speak truth to it. In the name of Jesus. Now let me tell you something about what you just said. Back in the day when kingdoms would send out heralds to go and declare a proclamation from the king, they would start off by saying, in the name of the king. Why? Because that dude had absolute zero authority. But the minute he invoked the name of the king, all of a sudden, the full backing power of that kingdom stood behind that man. And whatever he said was obeyed right there and then. So when you and I come on behalf of Jesus and we make this declaration, that's why you can't pray a prayer that's outside the will of God because it's a contradiction. Because you're coming on behalf of Jesus and you're saying something. Would Jesus have said that? If Jesus wouldn't have prayed that prayer, then you don't pray that prayer and say amen to it, please. Or in Jesus' name, amen to it, please. Because that's a misrepresentation of Jesus. And He won't back that prayer. That's why we need to know the Scriptures. Knowing the Scriptures, praying the Scriptures over our lives. And then saying, on behalf of Jesus, I am declaring this over your life. Because Jesus is not here in this physical world anymore. He has deputized me. He has authorized me to come and release His healing over your life. To release His provision over your life. To release restoration over your heart and your emotions and your body. Acting on behalf of Jesus. That's what it means to say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Are you all ready to go and live on behalf of Jesus. We are the body of Christ, y'all. <laughs> Jesus wants to live through you and I right here. I believe, Lord, that we are people that want to live, you to live through us in this region and bring your way, bring your thinking, bring your opinions, bring your, uh, your patterns into our lifestyles and into our community. We are a people, God, that wants to be used by you to establish your kingdom 
God, we are a people that want to act on your behalf, that want to recognize that you have authorized us and given us the right to go and do what your Bible already told us to go and do. We want to be that people, Lord. Help us. Help us, God. Help us to go out here and first and foremost get acquainted with your word. Identify with your word so that we will know what your desire is for our environment. That we might act, speak on your behalf. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks, Lance.